Hello folks, this is Rich Palazzo from Thinking Accurately Education, and we haven't recorded a podcast in a while, but today we're going to be reading uh, chapter 7 from our book, The Bible, Christianity, and American Government. Uh, The title of this chapter is, History is the Lifeblood of a Free People. The book of Exodus opens this way. The children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. That's from Exodus 1.7. 400 years earlier, Joseph had saved Egypt from destruction during the seven years of famine. But during those 400 years... Uh, Exodus 1.8 tells us that there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. It is never a good idea to forget about your history. England had experienced a religious reformation and had grown to be a world power under King Henry VIII and Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth I. But everything changed in 1603 when the King of Scotland also became, for the first time, the King of Great Britain, and thus the King of England. He didn't know much about English history, such as King John and Magna Carta. He didn't know much about the rights of Englishmen, nor did he care. When people like the group we know today as the Pilgrims, chose to separate from the Church of England, King James had some unkind words for them. I shall make them conform, or I will harry them out of the land, or else do worse. That was King James I, from 1603 to 1625. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, for some were clapped into prison, others had, had their houses beset and watched night and day, and hardly escaped their hands, and most were fain to flee and leave their houses and habitations and their means of livelihood. That's from William Bradford's Journal of Plymouth Plantation, written in 1630. You see, King James believed in something called the divine right of kings, and that his power as the king of England was absolute, meaning that he it could not be questioned. One website says, James' great failure as an English king stemmed from his inability at first to perceive wherein the English assembly differed from the Scottish Parliament, and from his unwillingness to accept the differences when he at last became aware of them. In fact, though, the problems didn't end with James I. They went on for many years, with struggles between various kings and Parliament, until the English Bill of Rights was finally signed into law in 1689. But that only came after the king at that time, who, whose name was James II, fled the country 
and that became known as the bloodless revolution. You see, when Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, he wasn't writing it from within the bubble of the current events of his time. He was writing it from within the context of the hundreds of years of history since King James and the Pilgrims. And not only that, he was writing it from within the context of the ancient rights of his ancestors going all the way back through history to Magna Carta. That is our, he that is our heritage as American citizens, and we would do well to remember it. All right, folks, that's it for today. I appreciate you uh, listening in. And uh, don't forget, we have a blog and a YouTube channel. And uh, we actually have a couple of books, well, this book, and we also have another book called uh, Let's Think Together that's available through Amazon. All right, have a great day. Take care. Bye now.